from IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software, you're listening to The Art of Automation with host Jerry Cuomo. Hey, hey, welcome to The Art of Automation, a podcast that explores the application of automation in the enterprise. Hey, folks, according to a report published by the Cloud Security Alliance, the average enterprise has 464 custom applications deployed today. Even the smallest size organization, those with 1 to 1,000 employees, have an average of 22 custom applications. And large orgs like IBM and many of our customers have thousands of applications. Yes, thousands. Think about it. The first web apps went live on the internet in 1999 with major applications going all in by 2002, 2003. So that's like 20 years. Think about all the many technology advancements that have taken place since. Think about how much more efficient your application could be if these advancements could be utilized. And think about the new security risks that we weren't aware of when our applications were originally designed. But perhaps more profoundly, think about how much businesses have changed during this period of time. Are your applications reflective of the changing times? Think about new regulations and their need to be met. Now, imagine a world where AI-powered automation can be brought to bear and assist you to analyze, untangle, refactor, reduce, and renew your applications. But not as a one-and-done, but think about your modern applications as a being that can evolve and adapt like you. There is certainly much to think about around the subject of application and data modernization. And our guest today is hands down the one and true expert that I've had the fortune of knowing in this space. Her name is Dr. Maya Yukovic, and Maya is an IBM fellow and leads our AI for application modernization. Maya and her team at IBM Research are world-renowned for the work that they've done in the area of modernization to cloud, including building advanced AI-powered automation tools like mono to micro that help make what we just imagined a reality. And with that, I'd like to welcome Maya to the Art of Automation. Thanks, Jerry. I'm very excited to be here today. I'm excited too. We have a lot to talk about. So if you don't mind, let's get to that first question. Hey, Maya, why are you so excited about the modernization space? I'm very excited because there's a, a lot of interesting challenges uh, for research to still solve in that space. I think when it comes to application modernization, if you think about it similar to physical infrastructure that, that is up for upgrade or it's, it's continuously evolving highways and everything yeah. supports us around us, yeah. the platforms that are also supporting us, whether it's credit card processing, airline booking system, and even some of the government services that were in high demand, especially during pandemic, Suddenly, those systems could not always easily scale, could not be easily adapted to new requirements, or you, you need new sets of skills to kind of modernize them and evolve them into new systems. So this whole on, on its own represents a significant mm -hmm. challenge worth exploring. And what does it mean to modernize? Has the IT world aged? So I don't feel about modernization as a one-stop shop. It's like you do it once and then you're never done. It's really, when you consider modernization, it's it's more of a continuous model. It's like, how do you start adopting technology? How do you adopting uh -huh. new architectures and evolving your system for the new needs, for the new requirements of your clients, as, as well as your, your processing systems? But how do you also start adopting perhaps the new development practices while it might be considered as age, like we can think about some quote-unquote legacy systems going back to 90s, 
some of them are, that we are still relying on probably are maybe even from, let's say, 70s or 80s, right? Uh, and they're very critical mm-hmm. of our lives, but we want them to still be around. Yes. We want them to evolve. Got it. It's evolution. Modernization is a form of evolution. Makes a lot of sense, Maya. We talk about applications being modernized. Can you just help us? What is an application? You can think about, for example, warranty management system, right? It, it is an application, but, on, but it actually also represents a business process, right? There is a business perspective to this, a, a business function that is being performed for the enterprise, right? So you can think about how do I go about modernize this, this application? Ultimately, it's, I would say it's a tie between business modernization and IT modernization, at the bottom, you will always end up modernizing some of the technical underpinnings of what the business process represents. But you're often starting actually with the transformation of the business, right? How do you adapt your warranty processing system for the new requirements, for the new needs? How do you mm. make it more agile? So it's really this marriage of, of a business and IT coming together. That makes a lot of sense. So it's not just about the computational unit. Although putting your arm sometimes around that could be challenging, you're saying, no, we have to look at it from the computational perspective, but we also have to look at it from a business perspective. Makes a lot of sense. You heard my comments earlier about how many applications an enterprise has. Can you comment on that? What's in your experience? What have you seen? So what we're seeing at at IBM, start with, right, we're seeing thousands of applications. And this is very much reflecting what we're seeing with our clients, like going thousands, even even 3,000 applications, right? All Mm. ranging in the complexity, ranging in the business criticality, ranging in terms of their path of evolution, right? Their modernization journeys, like some of them might no longer be necessarily business mission critical. So you might be considering move to a software as a service. Some of them might be up for a refactoring as, as you evolve them to cloud native architecture. But it, it's really that scale and the complexity that we are seeing um, across the board with our clients. Mm-hmm. And another thing I wanted to highlight is kind of the polyglot and the heterogeneity, right? You have a mix of technology, mix of functions provided by this blend of technology that have evolved over the time. That makes a lot of sense. And Maya, when you think about complexity, there are many dimensions, as you said. Lines of code is certainly one of them. We talked about how many applications. How do you measure complexity? Is line of code a reasonable measurement? I think lines of code is certainly one measure of complexity, right? You ha- you might have 17,000 classes. You might have millions of lines of code, right? The first step is even understanding like what of this code is actually used at runtime. Secondly, Complexity gets even further amplified as, as you consider how is code and data entangled. Mm. We often see the business rules and business kind of domain knowledge not necessarily embedded just in the code. It might be in the stored procedures. It might be kind of all over the place. So imagine what challenge it is even to mm-hmm. understand these applications, how much you need to mine not just the code, but also the dependencies with the database, transactions, so that you can really get the full view of the business function that is captured in that code base. Yeah, I think we're leading up to one of my favorite topics and actually the theme of this podcast, which is automation and AI. Tell us about it. You talked about untangling. You talked about understanding. What is the role in AI and automation in this world of application and data modernization? Thanks, Jerry. It's a very good question. So we see, I see the opportunities for AI and automation throughout the modernization or, or our evolution process, as we discussed, like starting from even the assessment. We spoke about these thousands of applications that the client has. Mm-hmm. So even before you figure out what is the evolution journey for each application, how can we use AI capabilities to reason about the high-level descriptions of these applications and, and do the even initial 6R assessments to decide 
what should be refactored, what should be maybe rehosted initially, what should be maybe even retired, right? And this is where technologies such as NLP and machine learning are helping us essentially accelerate this reasoning about modernization journey with the limited data, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's technology is evolving and it's Im- impossible to kind of continuously build this uh, huge rule sets to, to describe every possible combination. So that's one phase. The whole advisory space is where the automation and AI is playing a role. Then as you get to, <laughs> you can see that I could talk about this forever, mm-hmm. as you get into the formation and execution, implementation of all these advisory decisions, then there is so much more where we are seeing, uh, where also where we are bringing AI and automation into the play whether it's code understanding, as, as we just discussed, yeah. understanding the complexity yeah. of the code, where the business function buried in, what is the connectivity with the database, how are transactions implemented in the current system, and then to think about how would the target system look like and making sure that now you don't split those transactions as mm. you're potentially factoring the application. Right. And then, then there is so much more uh, that where AI can help start automating and augmenting the sort of developer in this uh, developer experience of modernizing and evolving these applications, whether it's with decloning, sort of detecting clones of code or similar similar pieces of code. Imagine one of those, uh, our favorite applications that we spoke about with millions of lines of code where you typically had maybe multiple development teams. And sometimes it happens that multiple teams develop similar utility function, yes, right? That's yes. something similar. So how do you go about First of all, detecting this in the code and then using AI and automation, sort of standardizing those, let's call them custom or utility services, right? So there is a lot for AI, in particular, applied to code to help and through automation, simplify and accelerate the modernization journey. Makes a lot of sense. And these tools have names. I know this is your area of research. Can you name names here? Give us some of the tools' names and their their roles and purposes. Yeah, it sounds good. So there are some, a number of tools, like starting from IBM Mono to Micro, which is AI-driven capability for application refactoring, specifically for Java applications. So looking into how to break down a monolith into microservices and, and even generate the code, right? So that application of AI for code. Uh, similarly, uh, some of our consulting assets uh, where we are bringing scientific methods to business include Candidate Microservices Advisor and Mainframe or Monolith Application Modernizer, where you're looking potentially into COBOL applications or even PL1 and so on. And similarly, understanding that uh, what is the modernization increment when you consider these super extra large systems, right? Where, where do you even kind of start peeling that modernization onion in that in that journey, right? And similarly with Candidate Microservices Advisor, how do you identify kind of the, the journey of the re-architecting the applications? And then there is a whole set of a suite of capabilities that we are also bringing out in the open source through conveyor.io, ranging from the assessments, mm. the tackle configuration advisor, move to cube for replatforming, tackle testing, and uh, data dependency discoveries, all centered around application inventory, which can help you scale that modernization journey. So there's a, there's a lot out there. <laughs> Give us a second on CodeNet, because I know you and your team and research are involved with that. Tell us a little bit about the AI for Code mission. Sounds good. So, so AI for Code mission, as we spoke about it a little bit earlier, we really focus on understanding, generating or synthesizing the code and sort of enabling the developers in their development journeys. Uh, one of the use cases, which is very much tied to uh, what we were just discussing, is also the mission of how do I go about converting the code, whether the code base, whether mm-hmm. it's COBOL to Java or, or, or something else, right, uh, to Java, or we're we are even looking into some ERP systems and how you can potentially take the custom code to cloud-native environments. 
so Project Codenet was something that uh, we have released last year around May time uh, at Think 2021. It is a, a large data set with code samples. They have been all curated. They have all rich metadata that consists of performance data, tests associated with each code sample. And there is also a toolkit that accompanies it so that you can, for any enthusiasts out there, you can keep evolving the algorithms that are out there for a specific task, whether it's, for example, what we what we also spoke about, Jerry, whether it's detecting clones or, or similarities in the code. Research team is, as I mentioned, uh, working very much on how do we work uh, in the project CodeNet and develop new capabilities for code conversions. So we talk about those H systems, right? The, the COBOL systems and so on. So how can we accelerate automatically or semi-automatically generate the, the new target code? Maya, earlier you were talking about the fact that it's about bringing business in, and it's not just the evolution of IT, but it's reacting from a business perspective to the changes in in business like regulations. You more than just hinted at the need for being agile so that once you're modernized, you're now more apt to react to changes in your business. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, so from one perspective, I consider that sort of a, as a marriage as application modernization and AI ops, in addition to the regulatory changes and kind of demands that, that you have spoke about. So how do we bring in operational data? Because it, it's very much key to enabling that uh, what I would call data-driven modernization and evolution of existing applications. So even if you have started not necessarily on a modernization journey, but you start with a net new developed, let's say, microservices-driven application, there's so much more that can be done in terms of understanding how that application is behaving today so that you can react to the changes in the environment, both technically, but also uh, with respect to the business considerations that you have spoke about. And I think this is where AI for Code becomes this unifying glue because AI for Code helps us also programmatically describe and prescribe rather those security and privacy policies, various regulations, right? They're all becoming part of the code and are helping us evolve the application continuously. Maya, can you share a quick example, maybe your favorite example of when this technology works or perhaps maybe even when it doesn't work? Sounds good. So my favorite example is one uh, of the early examples of use of IBM Mono to Micro technology when we have tackled a large enterprise application, a client application with over a million lines of code, roughly about 3,500 uh, Java classes representing that functionality. And using the AI capabilities, we were able to demonstrate in a very short amount of time compared to the kind of manual endeavor that was going in parallel to refactor the application, how to break this down into a couple of dozen microservices. And there's no better feeling when the application architect actually manually validates the the outcome of the AI pipeline and confirms that these are very well recommended microservices. And not just that, like we, we are able to discover that code, we are able to point out to key dependency in the code and data. So that was one of the very yeah. kind of exciting examples that, you know, that is that is quite dear to me. But there, there are many more. Last question here, Mayo. Where is this going in the future? And also maybe even add, where do people learn more about this? Sounds good. So you can learn more about this. You can check out conveyor.io for our work in the open source, IBM Mono to Micro webpage, and also the Scientific Method for, for Business website for our work with IBM Consulting. Where is this going further? We are looking for the evolution of applications of AI for code, whether it's in the areas of automated testing that can facilitate both application modernization, but this, but also the continuous evolution of the applications. Looking into uh, automation or automated assisted code generation, I think that is one big area to pursue. 
And last but not least, what I already sort of alluded to, the whole marriage of app mod and AI ops. How do these two worlds come together? So there's there's a lot on the horizon ahead. Maya, you inspire us. And we thank you so much for joining us on the Art of Automation today. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Wonderful. And I've included a link in the description section of the podcast to several of the topics that Meyer referenced, like mono to micro and the scientific method. Well, I'm sure you've heard that the Art of Automation book is now for sale and that royalties for this book are being donated to the American Cancer Society. And to that end, I couldn't help to also add a link to the description section of how to donate by ordering a limited edition signed copy of the book from eBay. Well, once again, I'd like to thank Maya. And of course, I'd like to also thank you all for listening in again. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and VP for Technology at IBM. See you again on an upcoming episode.